Oh man, it's the casino zone. I love this one. I love dropping into these things, hitting the bumpers, getting dropped into the slot machine. Man, I wish they'd make a whole game about this. Wait, they did? We're talking about Sonic Spinball. Miles, how are you, buddy? Welcome back to another episode of The More You Nerd. I, I gotta say, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. I am loving going back to some of these games because it's not just nostalgia, because I feel like it's a conversation that keeps coming up because of the backwards compatibility conversation that happens in right now with Nintendo and PlayStation uh, Xbox kind of taking the lead there. But there's a lot of games that, you know, we sadly can't play right now. And so going back to play some of these, even for historical purposes, at like our show, I it makes me a, a little a little bum because I like I'll look up a different Sonic game and I can't play it because I don't have the the original copy. <laughs> well, it just it depends on on the situation. I I uh, I have a Genesis classic, which is where I played Sonic Spinball on. And that uh, that's one of those little mini versions of the consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I have some things to say about playing the game on that that I did not expect to have. Um, yeah, that, that that should be a pretty fun. I, I played on the I think Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection or the Sega Genesis Collection, whatever they call it now. The one that's on the Switch. And it's some variation of the same thing they've been releasing for about 15 years. Yeah, where it's. 40 Genesis games, and it's pretty much all the classics. And if you want to play any of the the initial Sonic games, you're in luck because you can usually get the first three Spinball and sometimes and Knuckles. I don't know if that one's been put on 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 any of those or not. A lot of times when they're releasing uh, Sonic 3, they will include and Knuckles as a separate Sonic 3 and Knuckles the way the game was supposed to be from the very beginning. Right. But that's now, a whole other conversation. Have, do you have much history with Sonic? I mean, outside of, of you know, buying a just classic, did you grow up with Sonic or were you purely Nintendo? I the uh, the first video game thing I ever got was a Tiger Electronics Batman game. The second nice. video game thing I ever got was a Game Boy. And the third video game thing, my first true game console was a Sega Genesis that is literally sitting three and a half feet from me right now. <laughs> that game, that console I got for for Xmas one year, and it included Sonic 2 as the pack-in game with that. Yeah, that pack-in games used to be a thing. It, that, it's so wild. It's so wild that they're not. Like, as, as many times oh. as there are pack-in games, there are so many times that they're not. And it's... it's oh, inc- I'll bring this up later, but like, if you watch the documentary console wars, they talk about, you know, packaging Sonic with the Sega Genesis and how that was kind of a risky idea because that was their new IP. Yeah. How, up, how dare you? This is our bread and butter. What are you doing? And it, it sold Genesis. I, mean, I, that, yeah. I had a similar experience. I, my first console was an NES, but I didn't get the Super Nintendo. I, 
I got the Genesis because it did what Nintendo don't. <laughs> and I bought into that hook, line, and sinker. And I was a Sega kid for a while. I had, I saved up for a Saturn. I had a Dreamcast at launch. I'm going to be and honest with you, Miles, and I don't mean this as an insult. You look like a Sega kid. What, what does that even mean? You look like a Sega kid. You look like, like a, a bad dude with attitude. You look like... Uh, <laughs> You listen to the Green Day. Did you have a jean jacket at some point? I bet you had a jean jacket. Uh, in a, in my adult life, yes. Yeah, there we go. Sonic <laughs> Kid. Sonic Kid. All the Sega kids had jean jackets. It's true. No, it's so, fact. I mean, Sega did such a great job with their marketing at the exact time that I was looking at the next generation. And it did have an effect because, I mean, they put all their marketing in into comic books and stuff. And it it was... They all their ads were super, super enticing. And and Nintendo had some too. I mean, they, they definitely had their fair share of, of of marketing wins, but at this specific time, I mean, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog owned the world for a brief period of time. Yeah. And and I I I distinctly remember at the time liking sonic more than mario because yes he had that attitude he was kind of too cool for school and the platformer was very good and different than what we were used to i remember specifically i went from sonic 2 to for some reason i missed sonic 3 but i bought sonic and knuckles and uh i remember learning what an echidna was and having to look up in uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica or the world book. It was one of the encyclopedias. This is how old I am where we didn't have Wikipedia. We had actual books uh, and to look up and in Carta and in Carta. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have in Carta, but, uh, but to, to look up what, what a, uh, what an echidna was because it was Sonic the Hedgehog and Knuckles the echidna. And it's like, what is, what is this thing? What is an echidna? And uh, we learned what an echidna was, and uh, now we know. It, it, took, it took me years to figure out how to pronounce echidna. I'm still and not sure that I'm pronouncing it correctly. I, I, I have never been confident in my pronunciation of that <laughs> word, and I probably never will be. Did you? Did you ever? I, I, I know you had to have when you had your Sonic and Knuckles cartridge. Did you put other games? So, so we should clarify. Because this is important. Sonic and Knuckles, the imp the neat thing about this game is that you it, it looked like a regular Genesis cartridge, except it had this little flap at the top that you could pop open and you could literally lock Sonic the Hedgehog three on top of it. And you would unlock extra stuff in Sonic three, like playing Knuckles in Sonic three. This is a I'm sure we'll get into what that meant as we get into the history of Sonic Spinball, because it actually ties into this in a weird way. But there was a mini game that you would play in Sonic 2, in Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles. But if you plugged any other game other than Sonic the Hedgehog 2 or Sonic the Hedgehog 3, because for some reason it worked with Sonic 2, uh, it would just. Yeah, they, they, they said uh, there was a specific reason why it didn't work with the first one. I think it had something to do with with how the colors were were done in the first game there was there was a hardware issue where it just wouldn't cooperate but other than that anytime you plugged in another game into the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge it just loaded you right into the the bonus game bonus page and, and i don't know so great. I, it, it, I don't know why it did that i don't know 
what it, it got you, if anything, with that. It was the weirdest thing. I remember loading that into like Aladdin and the Lion King, like hoping I was going to mess up some hyenas with knuckles. And I was I wasn't disappointed. It was impossible to be disappointed, but I I was a little crestfallen that it didn't work. <laughs> I I love the idea. And this is uh, this is not for the Sega Genesis classic, but they released a a mini model of the Sega Genesis uh, or the Mega Drive, as it is known in Japan. Uh, and they released one, but they also released a second model that ha- that includes what they call the Tower of Power, because what Sega loved to do is stuff that stacked onto stuff that stacked onto stuff. Oh, so yeah. At the bottom, I- Sega CD. Then you've got your Genesis stacked on mm-hmm. the Genesis is the 32X in the mm-hmm. 32X is Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic and Knuckles is Sonic 3. It's the Tower of Power. You will rarely see such a beautiful sight in your life. <laughs> it's so <laughs> it's so wild. But let's talk about Sonic Spinball, because this is an interesting little game that I owned. I was looking for my copy of it uh, because, again, I have a bunch of my old stuff. Apparently, I didn't realize this. I don't have I only have two of my 16 bit console games. I have a link to the past and Super Mario World. I have none of my Genesis games here, despite the fact that I have my Genesis literally three and a half feet next to me. So <laughs> I have to, I have to go, I have to return to my, to my childhood home and see if I can hunt down where those ended up, uh, which I'm sure I can. Hopefully I don't know where they would have been anyway, different conversation, Sonic spinball. So to talk about Sonic spinball, we need to go back in time a little bit to talk a little bit about the history of Sonic the Hedgehog and Sega as a company, because Sonic and Sega's, as Sonic rose, Sega rose. They are they were tied together in in an in inextricable fashion. So following the holiday of 1992. Wow. 29 almost years 20, ago. Yeah. <laughs> almost 20, almost 30. Wow. Uh so this is why <laughs> this is why I was an English major and not a math major. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's like all those yeah. memes that we're seeing lately of how you remember video games from 20 years ago and what games were actually out it, 20 it, years it ago. It's so funny because I am not a person who gets upset that oh my god, this was so long ago. And <laughs> but I still make the same dumb mistake of thinking, oh yeah, it was 20 years ago, wasn't it? No. Yeah. 30 years ago. Yeah, Miles, I, we we started this show pushing 30 and now we're pushing 40 and here we are. Uh, so, yeah, fo- well, you know. so following the holiday of 1992, the much publicized console wars uh, between the long dominant Nintendo and the plucky underdog Sega began to ignite furiously. While Sega had started to give Nintendo a run for its money with the introduction of everyone's favorite chili dog eating super speed hedgehog, 1992 is when Sega finally hit it big. They put a lot of their chips on the on the release of the Sonic sequel, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, featuring Tails, uh, investing $10 million into marketing. And it worked. Not only was Sonic the Hedgehog 2 a critical darling, it received many a uh, place on many of the greatest games of all times list, uh, but it was a, also a sales monster. It grossed 450 million by the end of 1992, and it was only released in November. I believe That's this. Insane. I believe the statistic was they announced when they when they announced it, they did a full worldwide release, one of the first full worldwide releases that they had ever done. And keep in mind, this is worldwide releases are extremely commonplace today. They are 
almost every game gets a full worldwide release back in the nineties, mm-hmm. back in the eighties. Like we talked about last week on our Zelda two episode, Zelda two was out in Japan before Zelda one came out in America. Like that, that the, the all of that stuff, there were some years long gaps in, in some cases. And I want to say they promised that they were going to sell 2 million copies of Sonic two by the end of the year. And they sold <laughs> like way more <laughs> 80 million. I have to look at that number. I have to look that number up. But anyway, it, 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 it was a massive, it was massive, a massive success. Uh, it, it became it became the highest grossing entertainment product of the entire year of 1992 with Sonic. So 2. Think about that. Not just video game entertainment product. An important so means, distinction. Yeah, that means your Ninja Turtles toys, which are hot at the time, all all any and all action figures, video game consoles, anything. Sonic 2 outsold everything. Just just wild. So, I love it. And and with that, they they turned the tables on Nintendo. They became a true player. It was a decisive victory for the first time in a decade. Nintendo was yeah, runner up. And and this is I I know we make jokes about uh promoting Paramount Plus, but I really highly recommend at least the the, the trial because uh, Console Wars, which is a documentary about the entire Sega Nintendo battle, is absolutely fascinating to see uh, the inner workings of how this how this went down. It is it's based on a book uh, that you can also buy and read. Yes, and was going to be a fictionalized movie, but I think they've kind of given up on that maybe yeah they were gonna do a uh, pirates of silicon valley style type of thing type of thing i think it's better just to do the doc personally but anyway yeah, I, I i agree because it's, the, it's really the the actual interesting part and it gives you a real glimpse in how sega pulled this off and they were they were in a tough spot because you know of course following up an instant classic like sonic 2 it's going to take more time and, and more resources and they were really struggling the California-based Sega Technical Institute, which had produced Sonic 2, they, they were working on 3 as well, but they started to suffer from friction between the Japanese and American staff. And with the realization that Sonic 3 was not going to be ready in time for the holiday 1993 uh, window, Sega decided to split STI into two teams, one mostly comprised of Sega of Japan's dev staff, and they would continue to work on Sonic 3, while the other mostly American dev staff was tasked with creating a new game starring Sonic, one that could be quickly completed and released just in time for the holidays to ensure that Sega could count on Sonic's massive popularity for revenue at the year's end. And this is this whole structure is wild because STI operated independently within Sega. And then had, was split into two kind of mini companies that operated independently within STI. Well, and, and well, and that just that is part of the weirdness of Sega as a company because at the time, even still today, we have Sega of America and Sega of Japan, and they were technically the same company, but realistically, everything flowed from Japan. Japan was on top, Japan was in charge, and Japan made decisions that they thought were right, despite not necessarily knowing the American market super well. Well, and yes, and, and the documentary does a really good job highlighting this because it's a very weird time in, in video game history where the American team 
is is actually making the right moves. And the more focused traditional Japanese team is basically trying to take credit for something that the American team basically helped develop. Now, the, the, the actual development of the games were mostly done in Japan, but a lot of the, the, the creation of Sonic and the, the popularization of the Sega Genesis, saving the company from bankruptcy, was really an American, Sega of America's win. They're a Sega of America employee is the person who decided that Sonic should be the character in this new game that they discovered could go super fast which is something i did not know prior to watching that i do want to also take a, a, a time out to talk about sonic 3 because this is a big deal sonic 3 was going to be a huge huge game and we mentioned previously about sonic and knuckles sonic 3 was initially going to have the entire content of sonic 3 and the entire content of sonic and knuckles in one game but due to the time compression over the course of the next year, they couldn't get it done. So they decided to just take what they could of Sonic 3 and then create this combination cart of Sonic and Knuckles that they could then slot Sonic 3 into to really have the full game. And that is just a wild story in its own right. But this is the kind of big delay that we're talking about with this huge game that wasn't going to be ready on time. This is why they needed something new with Sonic, they had fire with this blue hedgehog. They yeah, and needed I mean, to keep it stoked. Exactly. You 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 couldn't go too long without one of these games. I mean, Nintendo saw that happen when they took too long for Super Mario World and and tried to come up with something in between. You know, they they had the same same problem, and so Sega was like, "No, we're going to put out more hedgehog games." And it's interesting because Drew, you can you can correct me if I'm wrong, but outside of a handful, and I mean a literal handful of Mario titles, maybe like Mario Kart and Mario is Missing as an educational game, spinoffs weren't exactly the norm not at a, the time, I don't think. Not exactly. There were a few weird ones, like Mario Teaches Typing was certainly one. Right. But uh, and, and, and they had the Game Boy games, and, and the Game Boy games were always a little more adventurous. Wario, for example, was introduced in Super Mario Land 2, uh, and now Wario is one of the biggest Mario universe characters. That, that's, a, that's a whole other conversation for another time. Uh, but generally, spinoffs were that. They were your side games. They, they might not be the November release or the October release. They might be the the March, April, May release, something to get you through the summer until the big game pulled off. They were likely more often the, the portable games instead of the major console games. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about spinoffs. It, it's. I'm trying to think if there are any big spinoffs nowadays that are not the spinoffs that we've had for decades now. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like we we do get I mean, we get Mario Tennis and Mario Golf and and even, stuff like but that. But even then, those are games that have existed since. <laughs> sure. But I mean, you know, they're not going to come up with with a whole I mean, I would love for a Mario hockey, but, you know, they, they do exist and we still get this is the first of many uh, spinoff Sonic games because. After three, and I know there was technically a Sonic the Hedgehog four, but after after three, the the series becomes a lot more uh, static. Yeah. So uh, a developer named Peter, and I apologize for this, Morachik, 
I, I'm I, th- I think so, or it could be uh Moral Week. Uh, it could be Morawick, M-O-R-A-W-I-E-C. I apologize, sir, for not knowing how to pronounce your name. Uh, was put in the project at, at ST at the the new American SDI team to develop something, which he pitched as a combination between Sonic the Hedgehog and the popular Amiga computer game Pinball Dreams. Of the project, he said, the marketing research folks indicated that Sonic's casino levels, specifically the Casino Night Zone from Sonic 2, see our intro tonight, <laughs> were among favorites in the game, birthing the idea of the, the overall direction for it. Uh, he honestly doesn't know who came up with that, but it sounded fun and doable, so, so STI jumped on it. Uh, to speed up production, Sega went, sent veteran staff from Japan to America to help speed development along, including longtime Sonic the Hedgehog artist Katsuhiko Sato. But an intense deadline and manpower needs weren't the only issues here. A massive office uproar erupted when it was discovered that they would be unable to use the original Sonic the Hedgehog theme as Sega didn't technically own it. And That's this wild to is, me. That is wild. wild. I cannot fathom that. I, I get why there was an uproar, because I'm sure most people assumed that Sega owned these songs. Because why wouldn't you? I mean, not owning songs in video games is something for the early 2000s era, not something for 1993. <laughs> right. Unbelievable. Uh, the songs belonged to the Japanese band Dreams Come True, whose songwriter composed the music for the first two games. Uh, despite set facts like this that, that forced them to cut corners, Sonic the Spinball, Sonic the Spinball, good Lord, Sonic <laughs> Spinball. He is a spinball in the game. He does have spinball it, it, tendencies. That is uh, true. Was born. So this this whole experiment is is pretty nutty in the space of 61 days between june and august of 1993 the project evolved from a roughly playable build with no collision detective systems or character animations to a completed game that was released in the united states on november 23rd 1993 it was released on the uh in europe on the 26th and december 10th in japan so this game comes out and most people are a little perplexed by the kind of mix up in styles. I mean, the game doesn't hide what it's all about, but the critical response as a result was pretty mixed, but overall positive. Yeah, Many it's, critics it's, enjoyed- it definitely plays very differently, but also very similarly to previous Sonic games. But we'll get. Oh, we'll yeah. To that. So many critics enjoyed the novelty of the idea itself and generally loved the colorful visuals, but often pointed out the shoddy controls dampen the fun, which <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. As for the sales, I couldn't find a concrete number, so I don't want to be irresponsible and throw something completely definitive out there. But the research I did suggests that the game didn't hold a candle to Sonic 1 or 2. It was by no means a flop. I'm I'm I saw a few numbers that were it was sold at least a million copies which yeah nowhere near the first two sonic games but a million copies is still decent and impressive for for something developed in like three months yeah for such a tight production during the game's development i think that's a pretty great job so drew let's let's dig in this and figure out why this quirky weird midquel 
find itself as an odd game out. <laughs> so Sonic Spinball, again, we mentioned is a pinball game. It is a based on if you if you think if you've ever played a 2D Sonic game. You, you know that when when Sonic gets into his little spin mode where he, where you see his little spikes come out, that's how he can attack bad guys. Imagine if 90 percent of the game was that, but it was Sonic in various pinball levels based off of this crazy Dr. Robotnik <laughs> invention that he's going through this this Mount Mobius and the Vejo Fortress, as we learn from from reading the, the manual of the game. Uh, and that's really the game. He he jump. He Sonic walks out. He jumps up and is basically a a pinball. And and much like a pinball game, he he hits bad guys that pop up. He hits powers. He's got to collect chaos emeralds, much like Sonic does in in the main Sonic games, uh, in order to to progress through the levels. And then at the end of each level, beat a a Robotnik boss. And it's kind of weird like the le- it's the- it's weird but it's 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 also i mean it also depends on how your feelings are about pinball in general like if you're not a pinball fan you are not going to be charmed by this game at all i i happen to enjoy pinball and i do love sonic so i the mission statement for this game is compelling to me the idea of putting sonic as the pinball ball is is kind of neat but that doesn't mean this game is a home run. And so I, I, I remember getting this game for, for Christmas in 1993. And I remember being extremely excited because I loved Sonic. And, you know, again, the, the idea of a pinball game didn't, didn't turn me off. What I found playing the game then, and it holds true now, is... The concept is excellent. The execution is almost there. The, the, the shoddy controls that, that we talked about are a real, real problem. It's not a very intuitive, responsive experience. In a, way, I think, in, in a way that Sonic the Hedgehog, prior to this, had been in my experience. Yes. Now, now, I this, mean, now this is not exactly fair because I, I have not played a lot of 2D Sonic games. Like I, I literally I played Sonic Spinball uh, and my kids caught me playing Sonic Spinball and then they wanted to play Sonic 2. And I played a couple of levels of Sonic 2 and that game controls way better than Sonic Spinball. There, uh-huh. And if you get in, dig into Spinball's. Uh, so it is still a pinball game, but there is slight dodginess in certain things slight slowdown in things that you don't want there to be slowdown in. Yeah, it's and, and, it's well, not and, a very smooth experience. Well, I, I agree. Well, this is this is where I have a, a question for you, Miles, because you played it on a different platform and a different release than I did. I just mm-hmm. was curious if you experienced those same things, because I didn't know whether did. to blame the game or to blame the Genesis classic. No, it's it's definitely the game. And to be fair, you know, especially finding out how how quickly this team put this cobbled this game together out of nothing but duct tape and spit it sounds like i i do think that the fact they achieved the game in the state it's in is really admirable but i also i mean just because i find the the effort to be compelling and i i find the the concept to be charming doesn't forgive any of the game's errors 
that it has. And yeah, there there is there's some sputtering. There is I I feel like the the pinball system is awesome, but I feel like the game does not really and again, this is also stuff that you kind of glean from the manual. But I feel like the puzzle element of the pinball games is not very clear. It is. Uh, if you think about pinball, when this is the thing that I tried to justify for myself, if you look at this entire game, there are four levels, only four levels. And you're like, that is not a lot of levels. And this is not a lot of levels. I literally watched a, a YouTube video of somebody masterfully Same. completing this entire game in 13 minutes. I hated that person because I could not get out of the toxic caves this time. Yeah, around. that's the thing is like, that's a speed runner. I still spent because I, I, I've been able to beat toxic caves and which I could never do as a kid. I think I maybe beat it one time and then immediately died in Lava Powerhouse. I'm not sure I ever beat oh. Toxic Haze as a kid, despite the fact that I know I played this game a lot. I, I played it a lot. And like I said, I think I maybe beat it one time if, if, if I did it all. But it still takes you a little bit. I mean, I probably spent even even when I played the game this weekend, I probably put in half an hour into the Toxic Caves. At least I played it for an hour and a half and I couldn't beat Toxic Caves. I blame, I blame, however, I was doing great. I was getting, I had two of the three chaos emeralds that you had to get. And then I landed on the platform and it, cause, cause at the, where your bumpers are, your little, your pinball, like paddles, there's a little platform that you can land on. And I went to jump back up. And instead of jumping, Sonic just walked off the platform. <laughs> I and had that is, happen a few times. This is luckily like, there's a rewind function on the Switch game. Yeah, there's not on the the Genesis Classic, but uh, and that is that is what I'm talking about. We're talking about just clunkiness, and it's that kind of thing that I don't remember. Like th- this is this is a weird thing. Like as a kid, I don't remember any of this clunkiness. I don't remember it playing as slowly as it does. It plays more slowly than Sonic Two with these with these levels, and it's something that I didn't expect and i didn't remember and i just and now i know why i can see why it's it's was a brand new game built over the course of three months and it's by a team that was not as experienced as they could be while the main team was working on sonic 3 it is a spinoff and sometimes spinoffs get weird but it was just stuff that that it took going back to it as an adult to recognize that it was like that at all yeah, and so what's interesting to bring back the conversation about nostalgia because this is a game that I, I I have talked to people and they seem pretty kind of like oh yeah that was weird but I I I liked it that's generally the the reaction I see is it was weird but I liked it so the like like this like I said the concept is is solid but I think that there there are there are people out there who would claim this game is great regardless because it was a game that they grew up playing and i don't think that is a very genuine way to 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 look at stuff um however that that's just my personal belief you can you can look at games however you want to you know miles we talk about nostalgia on this podcast a lot a lot i was nostalgic for this game to play it it's why we put it on the list 
until I played it. <laughs> well, there is that, and that's what the one interesting thing about it is. I, I did get, you know, seeing all of the, the problems from a modern perspective, and as someone who has continued to play video games since this game came out, it's easy to spot all of its flaws. But I can also see that when this game came out, I can see the charm. You know, I don't... Having read some of the critical things, you know, I don't think any of those critics would have turned away kids from playing this game because Sonic the Hedgehog was that popular. And, you know, even though it didn't sell as many copies, I mean, you know, re- saw- re- reviews didn't matter then as much as, as much that, then well, as they do also, now. Half the time by you, by the time you saw the review, you already bought the game. Yeah. That's- because, because those monthly magazines sometimes were on a different schedule. So, you know, EGM may have come out at the end of November or maybe the middle of November, but if, uh, or, you know, December, you're the December issue. If the game came out November 23rd, then it didn't matter. You already had the game. So they're not going to be that helpful. I, I I don't remember how how ahead some of the the magazines were because some of them were really on top of things and some some were always kind of behind. It just depended on but, the magazine, you know. But there were also magazines that were put out by the companies themselves, like Nintendo Power. So they were always going to be a little bit higher quality, a little bit uh, in on the in on the joke, as it were. I know that this game has had kind of a spiritual sequel in, uh, I think it's a GBA game, uh, Sonic Pinball Blast or something like that. Uh, I think so. I don't I don't remember um, the exact title. The exact title. Uh, Sonic Pinball Party is what it was. It's from yeah. the GBA in 2003. Because there was also and- a there was also a Sega Game Gear sonic spinball which i yes they did make uh copies or not copies ports for the master system and the game gear they did a master Uh, system version of sonic spinball i believe so how poorly did that play uh you know what's wild the master system version was only released in europe a (laughs) year two years later almost january 25th 1995 link that to me oh my gosh it's not on it's 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 on the main wiki. I see, I'm seeing Mega Drive. I'm not seeing Master System. It's it's below Game Gear. I, anyway, yeah, it's it's wild to me that they that they put that out. But I do I, I do think that the idea of a Sonic pinball game is a really excellent novel idea. And I, I was a kid that played a lot of uh, pinball computer games growing up. I, I really enjoyed, you know, going to the Best Buy and paying like what four ninety nine for those little pinball packs that you could put into your CD ROM and <laughs> booting those up. <laughs> so do you? I, I know we talked about the difficulty. Sorry, I, I'm looking if, at this Sonic Spinball on the Master System. This looks like <laughs> garbage. Yeah, it's 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 not great. I want to I want to watch a video, but I'm afraid the the audio is. I had no idea this existed. Oh my I told gosh. you. I, I do want to ask you a question, Drew. If if you were in this situation of uh, STI America, and you were told to make a Sonic spinoff game, what would be your go to idea? 
so I think honestly, I I think Sonic Spinball as a concept is good. The those casino levels, the Casino Night Zone in Sonic Two, was a ton of fun and one of the most iconic levels in the game as far as gameplay is concerned. I think that, and, and and soundtrack. Uh, I yes, I still prefer Chemical Plant Zone to the uh, Casino Night Zone uh, soundtrack, but. The chemical plant zone suffers from having water in the levels, so that always uh it's one it's the one thing that like I think nothing stresses me out more in this world. If you were a kid that suffered from anxiety, that that part of any level was so triggering. Let me tell you, Miles, as someone who's played a lot of Sonic Mania in the last few years. That anxiety has not gone away. It's still very much there. (laughs) Did they, did you have to come up for, you did have to come up for air in Sonic adventure. Didn't you? Uh, I don't remember. It's been so long since I had, like if you had a, if you had a specific uh, shield in Sonic three or Sonic and knuckles, you did not have to come up for air, but otherwise it's been so long since I've played Sonic Adventure that I don't remember. Uh, but anyway, I think that if you're not going to do a pinball game, what you do is you base a game off of the pseudo 3D extra levels. Well, and they they eventually did try that with uh, 3, 3D Blast. 3D Blast was a stand-in title between the, the, the Genesis and... Uh, I guess no, it was because was there a Sonic game on the Saturn? No, uh, Sonic Extreme never made it to completion. That is that is quite frankly wild. Uh, well, that if we if we do ever do a Lost Games or <laughs> series, that's a good one. Because I think the developer of Sonic Spinball was the creative lead on Sonic Extreme, hmm. but the. I think they ran out of funds or or something, but the the, the game itself was canceled. So there, yeah, there was nothing for Sonic until Dreamcast. But yeah, so what I'm what I'm thinking of is 3D Blast came out on the Genesis after the Saturn was out. If I'm remembering this right, I, I may not be. Don't don't hold me to that. But but basically, like Sonic Sonic Two and Sonic Three had these fun pseudo 3D. They were not 3D, but they felt 3D. Uh, uh, so they did end up putting 3D Blast on the Saturn. That makes sense. I bet it played better. But uh, but it was produced for the Genesis, so it probably looked not great. <laughs> uh, but you base a game off of that. It, you, you make it a, a sort of pipe-based, like, run and jump. They had bombs in the, the, the Sonic 2 minigame. You just turn some of those into enemies that you have to jump and hit those. It could be a fun time, and it's based off of stuff you've already got done that would look and feel different. Now, maybe they don't do that because they don't want to make a 3D-ish Sonic game and then have Sonic 3 come out and be 2D side-scrolling again. I don't right. know. Th- that may be something that they avoided because of that. But... No, I, th- I think Spinball was the right idea. And I think given an extra heck, give, give it another extra three months. You put you put a little polish on this game and and flesh out some of these worlds because some of them are are just actively not fun to play. I, I would I would really pay up, play up some of the the pinball stuff a little bit more. I, I think 
I almost wonder if they just didn't expect that many people to get past the toxic caves and phoned it in I'm just <laughs> from sur- there on out. I am just surprised that this game only had four levels. That seems it's, it's, so it's, it's, small. It's pretty wild. Uh, so and, I, I have an, I have another commentary, Miles. Um, it's something okay. I did not expect to have a worry about. The Sega Genesis controller is not particularly comfortable. No, I have I have fond memories of it, but having played it in recent years, it was just what I had. So I, uh, I was used I, to it. But I I I, it, I I was only using the three button one, not the six button one, because they didn't put out a six button one for the Genesis Classic, which I don't understand. But, you know, whatever. But uh, it was big. It's a big controller in mm-hmm. a way that I don't rem- like I literally played it with child little kid hands and didn't have any problem with it. But as a grown man, I have a problem it's- getting my hands around this weirdly designed controller. We've also spent the last 30 years playing controllers that have been more and more conditioned to feel natural in our hands uh, up to the the PS5's haptic uh, DualSense controller, which is just smooth and natural. You you say that, but I don't have that issue with the Super Nintendo controller. I I don't love it. I I think the Genesis is just wide. Like, it's just like if the buttons are in a single row across. The I, I had so many Mad Cats controllers that had six buttons in, in, ter- in, in replacement of the regular boomerang controllers that I, I honestly, I feel like I didn't have the problem because I just bought third party controllers at that time because that was an option. Uh, Miles, I do. Ha- I have another question for you. OK, Sonic the Hedgehog games have been known for their notable use of just very good music in the 16 mm-hmm. how did you feel about the music in this game so i don't know if it was because i spent so much time as a kid in the toxic caves i don't mind the initial kind of jazzy little jingle that the toxic cave has but i found everything else to be kind of monotonous yes in a way that I like it was it was a little more methodical like this is this is something where again I think it's weird because in in a Sonic game as you think about it you're you're typically going all around you're going super fast to the right and super fast to the left you're going up and you're going down you're going all over and this you're just kind of going up and maybe you're going up and to the left and maybe you're going up and to the right and it's a pinball game. And uh, I don't know. It, I, it, but again, I think you're right about that. Toxic Fools, decent little song. The rest of them are just kind of forgettable. And I, I, I hate that for the game. I'm, I'm very sad about that. I do, too. I, I really wish that there, there's a lack of whimsy in the music that I think dowers the game a little bit and because i mean sonic has always had great music like you said and i mean some of the most iconic tracks in video games and again i know it sounds like we were being very critical on this game especially considering its its development story but you know i feel like we're being pretty kind to it at the same time 
because I don't want someone to, to go off and, and hunt this game down and and expect something different. It's a it's a fun experience. Like the the actual novelty of a Sonic pinball game is genuinely fun. But when it's it a works, novelty that yeah, when it, it, it works, when you were Sonic popping in the air and hitting an enemy and kind of doing this weird little like because as you're sonic you're not just a pinball you're a spinball uh, but you can you can move around and you can do attacks while you're doing that none of that is exceptionally notable sometimes i wonder if i'm actually doing anything or if the game's just doing that because of the physics of the game but anyway when that stuff happens it feels good it feels nice it's just when you miss the the paddle flip because of a half second delay between you pressing the button and the button doing what it's supposed to do. That's when the mm-hmm. game doesn't work. And, and it's this weird, like 55, 50, 50, 75, 25, just kind of a, like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And cause like you said, when it works, it's great. The, the novelty of the game is on point. The problem is, because of the rushed development, the the levels aren't as intuitive and clever as they could have been. And and as a result, that novelty wears thin fairly quickly. And yes, if you play on the Switch, you have the rewind function, which can help some of these mistakes, but not all of them. And, you know, like I said, the later levels, once you know what to do, it's it's not a problem. But I, I find that the, the puzzles themselves are not very fun to play. And it doesn't really tell you that, hey, in the first level, there's only three chaos symbols you got to find. In two of the other levels, there are five. <laughs> and some of them are genuinely hidden. So it doesn't, there, there's a communication between the game and the player that isn't quite there. And it's not just something that could have been solved by reading the manual. And it's and, something that could have, could have been solved by, you know, three to six more months development time. And there is no save function in this game yet that didn't get introduced in Sonic games until Sonic three. So again, well, with the four levels, it's it's with four yeah. levels. Yeah, you're right. If you get really good at one level again, that's another thing that is, this is a game of its time. You were meant to play over and over again until you learned the level and yes. did everything perfectly so that you go on to the next level and then learn that level. And if you fail the second level, well, you then played the first level all over again perfectly. And then you played the second level over and over until you got it perfect and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's the kind of things that me as a 36 year old dude today in 2021 do not have the time for. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's it's not something that's as forgivable now as it was then. You know, when 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 you when you're a child and you have disposable time you know you spend a summer it's like we talked about last week with zelda 2 you spend a summer on a game and and i did get that experience you know with zelda 2 where you know the more i played through certain parts the better i got and the more i was able to to zip through the game sonic spinball doesn't quite have that i have played this game a, a few times over the over the last several years because i love sonic and i i do genuinely like this game i think it's a very uh, in in the same way that I like B movies and 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 bad movies, I like this game. Not this that's a bad game, but it's a cool idea that just didn't get the right budget for it and the right amount of time. And there have been times where I have been very very good at this game, 
where I just had a good run. But the, but you're right, Drew. The, the pinball stuff is... Had it been just fine-tuned a little bit so that everything ran smoothly on time like it's supposed to, and the controls were just a little bit more responsive yes. when they needed to be. Because yes. there were times I'm playing on the Switch, and I'm, I feel like I'm mashing the button down. Yes. Just as a as a psychosemantic thing to make Sonic actually go. Yes. And it, it's a problem. And I, I hate it because I, I love the concept. I really do. A, a Sonic pinball game is, is up my alley. And I, I want to love this game. And here we are. <laughs> I think that is about all we have to say about Sonic Spinball. A great idea that I think is better left right now to our memories. If they let the Sonic Mania guy make a Sonic Spinball 2, I'm all about it. That dude knows how to make a Sonic game, and I bet he could make a game that works real well with Sonic Spinball. But that is, I think, where we're going to leave that behind. I figured out, (laughs) uh, I I figured out, Miles, while while we were talking, the Sonic Spinball port for the Master System is the Game Gear port ported to the Master System. Oh, oh no. That is what oh, happened. No. They also did a port of Sonic Blast, the Game Gear game Sonic Blast for the for the uh the Master System in Brazil. So that is a weird <laughs> not <laughs> like don't worry yeah, about it, it's, that. It's funny, Drew, because I kind of knew that we would, you know, try to stretch this game out as much as we could. There's just not really that much to say about Sonic Spinball. Um, I was honestly looking forward to having way more to say about it because I was like, oh yeah, remember this, remember this? And it's more like, oh, remember this? And uh, I hate that. I hate that because I I did truly enjoy this game despite the fact that, like I said, I don't think I ever got past the first level uh, or at least past the second level if I got past the first level. And I don't know why that is. I, I don't know why I thought about this game so fondly prior to playing it again either i I mean i think maybe as a kid i would have looked past a lot of these flaws and just kind of oh i'm just playing sonic as a pinball game and that that was enough at that time but as as someone who's you know obviously grown up playing games and has a a different sense of what he's looking for in a game it, it doesn't fulfill the same uh pleasure receptors as it used to yeah and it's a bummer because i i I conceptually love it but yeah this is one that 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 unlike unlike last week's it this is more kind of in the street fighter category i would still put it above street fighter but it i'm fine with living in in the past and maybe maybe cracking this this baby out every you know year and a half or something just as a oh yeah remember this game (laughs) yeah well, speaking um, of that, let's talk yes. about what we are doing for our final odd game out. I cannot believe you talked me into this, Miles. I cannot believe it. I, I can't believe I talked you into this. I can't believe I talked myself into this. Next week, we are going to play a game that neither Drew or I have ever played. And it's part of it's a numerical part of a series that we both love very, very much. And I am talking about Capcom's Resident Evil 6. Do you have any preconceived notions? Because I feel like you were just like me, uh, post-5, a little bit tired of the, okay, they're just going straight action, and then everything we saw from 6 just looked like 
a Michael Bay movie. So I, I will be honest with you. I, the only thing I've ever played of Resident Evil 5 was the demo, which I oh, okay. which I did not enjoy that much. Um, I did not play Resident Evil 5 because I was pretty broke at the time that that game came out. Um, and also there was some. How do I put this? Some uncomfortableness in oh, the yes. in the location yes. that that game seemed to be set uh, that I was not into. I I played Resident Evil Five because I worked at a place where you would stop to get games, and I didn't have to pay for it because I could technically take a game home for that evening. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so when Resident Evil Six came out, I was initially very excited, but then the reviews started coming out and wouldn't you know it the reviews were not good and we didn't get another resident evil game another main numbered resident evil game for 10 years no it wasn't i think resident evil 6 came out in like 2010 2011 came out in 2012 in 2012 and resident evil 7 came out in 2017 it was five years so which almost, is it that is a long five years based on that. It, it was a, it was a long five years because uh i feel like the wait between uh five and six was not very long at all so because i think they both came out in the same concept yeah it, uh resident evil 5 came out in the middle of 2009 so it came out at about a year and a half later. So, yeah, so, this is or two and a half years later. So, so basically what 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 this game meant means to me right now, not having played it yet, is this is the game that killed Resident Evil <laughs> now or, or at least at least stopped it for a little bit. I am I'm I'm really. <sighs> Scientifically, I'm interested in playing this game. Personally, I am not excited about playing this game. We like to find <laughs> the good in games, so I'm going to try, and I'm going to try not to treat this game like... I don't know how I'm going to treat this game. I'm trying not to have preconceived notions negatively. It's real tough for this one, and I'm just going to tell you guys, I I don't like being negative on the show. I feel like we were pretty negative this week, and I feel like we're a little negative last week. And I'm just—I wasn't negative last week. Well, you weren't. I felt like I was more negative last week. But uh, I just—I'm not—I'm not. This this is a weird. This is a weird month. Is all I'm saying. Yes. Well, but and this is why. This is why I wanted to do this. Is I, I one I wanted to test us because I will say while we have been critical, I don't think we've been that negative. I really don't. I think we've been very very fair. And I think that we have, and not to toot our own horn, but I feel like we have, we, we've discussed things. We haven't just gone out and said, oh, this sucks. You know, we, we're talking about what didn't work for us in these games. And I think that's a, that's a completely valid thing. I don't think criticism in and of itself is negative. But what I wanted to do with this month and, and what Drew and I both wanted to do was take a look at games from very, very famous franchises that have been completely overlooked or or just written off and to see if that was justified and it's been a mixed bag which is interesting to me that is definitely true <laughs> i i i i've legitimately enjoyed doing this challenge these challenges a lot because one i'm i'm getting to experience some stuff that i've never played before and also really kind of 
test the the nostalgia love and as well as the you know the critical eye for myself because like you know like last week i was talking about how much i loved zelda 2 but i couldn't necessarily disagree with your criticisms of the game well you know i'm a pretty i'm a pretty insightful guy when it comes to criticism i'm just saying <laughs> anyway <laughs> i can't even get through that with a straight face uh, so, so I, I'm, 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 I am hesitantly excited to give this game a shot so so resident evil 6 originally came out on the xbox 360 and the playstation 3 miles and i found that it was on sale on the the sony playstation summer event for the ps4 a uh, copy of the game for eight dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not know if that sale is going to still be going on by the time you guys hear this, and I apologize for that. Uh, but it's, um, it, I think it still is. I can't. I can't tell because it just pops up as purchased. Yeah. Uh, so so, <laughs> but it it has been released on a number of platforms. I believe it's on the Switch. On Switch. It's mm-hmm. on uh, Steam. It's uh, it's on it's on a bunch of stuff. I probably got a free copy at some point that I from somewhere that I don't remember where it was, but I ended up spending the money on it. And uh, let's hope that it was worth that amount of money, at least. Uh, So. With that said, we're going to end the show, as we always do, if you would like to reach out to us. Uh, you can find us at themoreunerd.com. You can tweet to us at themoreunerd, facebook.com slash themoreunerd. And of course, you can email us your questions, comments, concerns, what you think about Resident Evil 6. Whew, let's hear it. The more you nerd at gmail.com. That's the more you nerd at gmail.com. And until next time, we end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd. nerd. Out. Out.